Welcome to the album and the mixtape, your place to celebrate the importance of sharing our experiences through hip hop and music, therefore, storytelling through bars. I'm your host, Julie M, mathematician, chemist, lawyer, daughter, friend, sister, mentor, mentee, hip hop storyteller, ballet dancer, and most importantly, Jesus loving kind of gal. This podcast aims to do two different things. One, create a space where people can share their experience through bars. And two, encourage the creation of your mixtape and life. And you can do that while you're working at your album. What's up, family? It's been a minute since I've dropped a mixtape. And when I say a mixtape, I mean a podcast. So let me catch you up. It's been about a year. And let's see if I can do this in like 60 seconds or less. So let's rewind. After I launched the podcast on June 16th in Houston, Texas, um, on Tupac's birthday, it was an ode to hip hop and it was celebrating Tupac. I then moved to California from Washington, D.C., moved to Oakland and started a new job, a new album at a tech company as a lawyer. Then 444 came out changed me, but let's be absolutely clear, rocking with Sean Carter since day one, Um, but the album was very heavy. Then went to Toronto, where I was honored as a 40 under 40 black lawyer in the country by the National Bar Association. It was an incredible honor. Met Bozoma St. John randomly in the bathroom, which was amazing, and she was incredibly down to earth. Until she began to flex that Ghanaian jollof rice was better than Nigerian, which I just quite could not understand. Um, And then came back to California where I had to deal with the reality of Hurricane Harvey happening in my home city of Houston and in the area where I spent my formative years going to college, Beaumont, Port Arthur, Orange, the Golden Triangle in Southeast Texas. Um... And having to really deal with that and see family and friends go through that. And I decided to host a Hurricane Harvey relief concert at South by Southwest in Austin, February of this year, or March of this year, rather, um, and had an amazing group of people and friends um, really helping me to put that on. The concert was headlined by Trade the Truth. Um, out of Houston, Texas, and one of the co-founders of Relief Gang, who was really on the ground when things were happening um, on the ground in her, for Hurricane Harvey, or during Hurricane Harvey, rather. Also had Nadi from Angel, Dante Higgins, Rob Gallette. We had amazing talent who played an amazing role in showcasing their talents in an effort to raise money for the hurricane. And then just began to record Hello Podcast, but just not produce them. And I think part of that was out of fear of it not being immaculate and perfect the way that I wanted it to be. And recently, Diggy Simmons just dropped this song called It Is What It Is. And a lot of people critiqued him and said, well, where you been? You've been out the game for six years. 
And he was like, I was spending too much time trying to perfect it, make sure everything was right and together, um, that he ended up just saying, you know what, let me come out here and sing my story and what God has on my heart because it is what it is. Uh, So it's just timely that I'm now recording this today um, and I'm trying to move away from the sense of being perfect and knowing that, you know, good enough is okay and and it's okay to just share and and even if it's not loved or liked or appreciated or acknowledged at the bare minimum you're sharing the gift and the story that God is giving you so that's where i have been i think that was a little over 60 seconds but that's where i've been for this last year but before we get into the bars today i want to tell you what julie's listening to i am currently listening to Travis Scott's Astro World Guys, this gives me, excuse me, that's not politically correct, guys and gals, um, or non-conforming gender identity. Um, that album gives me all of the feels. Like, I I don't even know what to say. You know, I haven't listened to the full album through and through, but Travis Scott is from Houston, and he's a Houston, H-Town, Screwston representer and I am too. So I very much so appreciate the fact that he has named his album Astroworld. So for those of you that don't know and you're not from Houston, let me tell you, Astroworld was our version of Six Flags. So, you know, Six Flags in Dallas is called Six Flags over Texas. Every city, or not every city, but throughout the country, there are different amusement parks called Six Flags and they each have their own kind of specialty name. Well, in Houston, ours was called Astroworld, and it was located over there off of 610 and I think like Almeda, Fannin area, and I just get incredibly nostalgic thinking about Astroworld because it was a place where people would hang out, Um, you know, when you was in high school dating your little boyfriend, your little girlfriend, you'd be like, I'm going to meet you at the Astroworld, so it was just that place. I even remember I quit Toys R Us to go work at Astroworld, y'all, like, Shout out to Mr. Ricky from Toys R Us on, uh, <laughs> where was that, off of 59. Um, but I literally quit my job at Toys R Us that was paying me $1.50 more an hour to go work at Astroworld, um, to go work on the Texas Cyclone and the Looping Starship. Um, but Astroworld is the place that gives me very fond memories. And the fact that Travis Scott has named his album Astroworld means that he's giving a lot of respect and homage to the city and the place where he's from. It's very interesting to me because, you know, being someone that's grown up in Houston, um, you know, our kind of forefounders of music and hip-hop comes from Rap-A-Lot Records, comes from the Ghetto Boys, um, UGK, which they're really out of Port Arthur, but they definitely rep Houston as well, and we claim them and rep them, um, as well as DJ Screw. I mean, that is who Houstonians are through and through when we look at uh, some of our forefathers and mothers of hip-hop in our city. And Travis Scott totally dedicates this album to Houston. My favorite song on the album, even though I haven't listened to it thoroughly, is 5% Tent. And it's got that, you know, it's like the Travis Scott, just the... I mean, it's the classic, like, Houston, screw, what, on the mic. It's the J, I can't help it, I'm from Houston. Hey, 
Hey, hey. Before you come outside, I got the info. Took it to the end zone from the end zone. Oh. No, I love the smoke, you love the lick more. The, uh, what is it? The Goody Mob. Sell, sell, what is that song called? The Goody Mob song. Um, I think it's called Sell Theory. But for those of us from Houston, we know that to be a classic DJ Screw um, freestyle with Lil Kiki and Big Pokey. So for us, it means something completely different. Like I can still remember and hear the lyrics to that to that song right now. Like I'm thinking, I'm thinking about like Lil Kiki has this part on there where he's basically saying, um, what is Kiki saying on that song? Lil Kiki's like, well, I know he goes, he says, got to be a G to the day that I die. But there's another part on the song where Kiki basically said, what's up, big trunk? That's my big boy. Riding down a slab in my candy red toy. Looking so good. Represent my hood. 8900 Black Gessner and Brayswood. That's my remix because I'm not from Herschelwood. I've got to rip the Bray all day. But, um, you know, these are the freestyles that we grew up listening to. So it's very pivotal for, for me as a Houstonian and all of Houstonians to listen to this album and be incredibly nostalgic and think about, you know, the ode to Screw, the ode to, you know, our forefathers and our foremothers in Houston hip-hop that have come before us. And Travis Scott is one of, you know, the newer people out of Houston hip-hop. You know, we have Travis Scott, we have Dante Higgins, Rob Gillette, Toby and Weegway, Genesis Blue. We've got so many amazing artists coming out of Houston. Um, and the fact that Travis Scott is paying homage to who has come before him, I mean, that's just how we do it in the South. We're just, you know, we're just proper like that. But right now, that's what I'm listening to. So I want you to tell me what you're listening to and why. So make sure you email me at julie at albummixtape.com or hit me on the gram at album mixtape on Twitter, album and mixtape or Facebook at album and mixtape. Now let's get into the bars for today. Today's show is dedicated to um, an important topic that I think sometimes or a lot of times as black people, it's an issue that you know, the black community runs away from. I think most recently we've gotten very comfortable having these conversations, making sure we're seeking the appropriate help. Um, but today's topic is about mental health or what I like to call mental wealth. And we're going to be taking a look at Mariah Carey's Breakdown. I don't know if folks remember this song. Uh, she did it in conjunction with Crazy Bone and Wishbone from Bone Thugs and Harmony. This song was released in 1998. It was on her sixth studio album. This song was never able to get its full moment in the sun. But notwithstanding, the song is an incredibly powerful song and the bars are very heavy. Interestingly enough, in this song, Mariah is talking about a love lost, right? A guy calls her, tells her it's over, and she's breaking down. But I was able to receive something a bit different from this song when I listened to it uh, over the last six months. And it made me realize that a lot of people are, you know, one issue, one email, one phone call, 
you know, one overdraft fee away from breaking down and really getting to that point. And I wanted to share with you a couple of reflections on some of the bars. So let's get started. She says, well, I guess I'm trying to be nonchalant about it, and I'm going to extremes to prove I'm fine without you. But in reality, I'm slowly losing my mind. Underneath the guise of smile, gradually I'm dying inside. I want to point out two things here. First, depression, anxiety, a sense of hopelessness, anxiousness, um, All of those things are very silent and they come very slowly. They creep and they have a compounding effect. It's nothing that you would just immediately react to or know it's happening to you immediately. It's a very silent and slow creeping um, kind of occurrence. The second part is Mariah mentions underneath the guise of smile. It's interesting because the definition of guise means to put on an appearance or a show, um, you know, to portray something or to conceal something and put forward a different kind of image. And I find this to be interesting because, you know, she she starts off by saying, you know, I'm trying to be nonchalant and everything's fine, all is well. But in reality, I'm losing my mind. Underneath this smile, gradually I'm dying inside. And it made me pause to wonder how many of us are truly, like, dying inside. Maybe due to circumstances, um, issues that have occurred, um, things that we feel that we cannot control that are outside our hands, outside of our control. And we unfortunately allow these things to cloud our sense of joy, of hope, of feeling empowered, feeling strong and encouraged. And we allow these things to mess with our minds, therefore messing with our emotions, messing with the way that we show up in the world and how we physically are. And this was something that I thought was interesting, particularly focusing on the silencing, the silent piece, and the slow creeping piece, because I do truly feel that all of these negative emotions have a compounding effect, but there are nothing that you would immediately realize or recognize, but over time, it just hits you, and you're kind of like, okay, wait a minute, what's happened? Like, I've had all these different things happen, and you just don't deal with it. I think what's interesting is in the black community, typically, and I think ancestrally, there's just a lot of trauma that has happened. And folks typically know how to deal with trauma. I mean, I can speak for myself. I've had a lot of traumatic events that have happened in my life. I know I'm not the only one. And I've just kind of always pushed through. And when I tell y'all I really hate the term push through. I don't want to push through anything. I just want to walk through the light, through through the world effortlessly, <laughs> like like water. Um, but 
experiencing a lot of trauma, I've just kind of learned to master the art of having pain in my life and, and just moving forward, notwithstanding. And I think it's interesting because this, this you know, these few lines allow a, a moment for reflection that you can't just push through, that sometimes you do have to take the time um, to address what's going on. So why don't we move into the next set of bars? So she says, friends ask me how I feel and I lie convincingly because I don't want to reveal the fact that I'm suffering. So I think, I think this part is interesting because you're able to almost mask yourself to those who love you, your friends, your family. You lie convincingly out of fear of how you will be received if you're maybe honest with friends and family. And I think the, the interesting part about these bars is I don't want to reveal the fact that I'm suffering. And the one thing that that comes to mind is this whole notion of social media. You know, I think social media and the internet and the ability to connect with people, it's a gift and a curse because it allows you to connect with long lost people and, um, you know, create um, all types of opportunities for connectivity and building community. But it also has an effect where folks can use it as a sense of comparing themselves to one another and feeling that their lives are somehow, you know, not the best that they could possibly be for whatever reason. And, um, you know, I think this is an interesting way to really think through ways that we can allow ourselves to not be sucked into that trap of allowing ourselves to be, uh, what is it, in the Bible, it's like, and it's in the Bible, and then I, I remember hearing Lauren Hill say this, you know, we compare ourselves amongst ourselves, you know, you fools, like God didn't make us to fit in the same exact stiletto pump or Jordans or whatever the case may be, whatever your choice of shoe is. Um, but the other thing that, that I really think about when I listen to these bars in particular is I think of people who are incredibly successful, high-performing individuals who've taken their lives. And most recently, I think of Anthony Bourdain, Kate Spade. These are people who, by any stretch of the imagination, you'd look at them, and at first glance, you would say, they have all the money in the world, all the happiness, all the you know, whatever, followers, whatever gets you going, you know, they have all the success in the world. Why, you know, why would they take their lives? And, you know, and I, and I think for them, you know, it's this whole notion of not revealing that you're actually suffering, you know, and my heart hurts for them. Um, and as someone who's a high-performing individual myself, you know, it can be a bit overwhelming, um, and whether you're low, whether you're a low performing individual, life can just sometimes take you there where you are not in the best space mentally, and you have to find a way to get out of it. Let's go to the next set of bars. So 
So I wear my disguise until I go home at night and turn down all the lights, and then I break down and cry. So you may be able to lie to your friends, your family, the social media world, whatever, the universe. Well, you probably can't really lie to the universe because the universe always knows, but you may be able to lie to those who love you and, shoot, those who don't around you. But the one person you're going to have trouble lying to is yourself, you know? Um, and at some point, you're going to be have to face that reality. Um, and even if it's when you go home at night when no one else is there and you turn down your lights, you, you take off your mask, you take off the smile, the guise of the smile, you, you, you take off the notion that, you know, you're being nonchalant about your feelings. When you're alone by yourself in solitude, that is the place where you, your true feelings, your true emotions about yourself, your situation, your life, your passion, um, your God, all that in that moment, that's the place that you're the most honest and you will have no choice to hide from yourself. Um, But, you know, unfortunately, there are a lot of people who even lie to themselves. I mean, you can say something a hundred times until you think it's true. So I share all this with you um, because, you know, it was placed on my heart uh, recently. You know, I had shared an Instagram post a couple days ago because I was at a convention and someone said to me, one of my sorority sisters, she was like, Julie, girl, you be shading me. And I was like, what are you talking about? Because I really don't shade people at all. Like, if I don't fool with you, I might go left. Like, let's just be absolutely clear because I don't do energies, you know, like I, I sage and Palo Santo, everything. But, um, you know, she said, you, you was shading me. And I was like, what are you talking about? You know, because I was really trying to think of when I shaded her. And she said... I messaged you on Facebook and you just never responded. And I was like, girl, if you only knew, I have so many unread emails, so many unread text messages, even from my birthday a couple weeks ago. At one point, I had like 40-something text messages that just went unresponded to um, for about a couple weeks. And I think right now I'm at like 16. So for those who may be the 16, please, please, please charge it to my, like, charge it to my head and not to my heart. But, um, you know, I felt compelled to share and I just shared it with her. And I said, you know, I am really overwhelmed by life right now. She was like, I'm just playing, sis. You know, I understand. I get it. But then I thought to myself, like, I cannot be the only one who is overwhelmed by life. And I shared this post and it was very vulnerable. And, um, you know, I had a bunch of people call me like, are you okay? What's going on? Do I need to come through? Who I need to fight? So I had some of that happen. And then I had a couple of people say, like, thank you for sharing that. Like, I feel the same way or I'm struggling with the same thing. Um, And I think that's incredibly important for us to get comfortable sharing our experiences to the extent that you feel comfortable with them because you never know who you're helping, who you're, um, whose life you're changing. You never know what you're preventing. You never know what you're what amazing things you're going to be creating, right? Um, Tupac, because you know I love Pac, but Tupac said, um, you know, I might not change the world, but I might be the person who sparks the mind who changes the world. So let's not be selfish in our gifts. And that's that's so heavy, y'all. 
So that's why I'm always um, encouraging people to share their stories and their experiences to the extent that they feel comfortable. But I wanted to take a moment to focus on mental health, mental or what I'm calling mental wealth. And, you know, one, I want you, I, I, I want you to leave with a couple of things out of this podcast today. You know, one, ask yourself, like, what are you hiding? You know, um, what are the things that are giving you pause or giving you trepidation or giving you anxiety? You know, what is that? And you don't got to tell me. You don't have to tell your friends. You don't got to tell your mama, you know, but you have to tell yourself first and foremost. You know, you have a responsibility to be honest and truthful with yourself. So tell yourself, you know, and, and own it and boss up. That's one. Two, know that you're not alone. You know, there are many people um, who were dealing with issues around uh, depression, despair, hopelessness, anxiety, you name it. Um, so you were not the first person and you will not be the last person. Um, but you have a responsibility to, responsibility to yourself to address it. And, and three, you know, um, don't mask it. You know, allow yourself the opportunity to feel it to be in it, and to get through it, you know, and whatever means you use to do that, whether it's journaling, going to God, going on a silent meditation retreat, whatever that that thing is for you. For me, it's my girls. It's my girls in D.C. and the DMV area, rather, because, you know, I got my girl Renee in Baltimore, and then it's my girls in, in Texas. So I do phone chats with them where we hang out, and we chat, and we just share, and we pray, and we love on each other. And we're like, girl, well, girl, what you up to? And we talk about, you know, all of our experiences. And that's something that keeps me whole and keeps me grounded. So I'm encouraging you to find that thing for you that keeps you encouraged and keeps you grounded. But first and foremost, I ask you to reach out um, to someone who loves you um, and someone who cares about you to get kind of that support that you need. And to understand that, look, like none of us are above it. It's not a sign of weakness. It's not anything that's dirty or shameful. Um, you know, I remember when Kid Cudi um, a, a couple years back came out and said, look, I'm dealing... And then even recently, Michelle Williams, but these were all artists who've come out and who've said, like, I'm going through some things right now and I need a break. I need a mental break. And I commend them for... One, being public about it because they don't know whose lives they're changing. They're changing so many people's lives by being open and honest about it because they're giving people the permission and the space to say, you know what? Yeah, me too. I am going through that. And you know what? I can also take time and take space and take a break and not feel ashamed and not feel weak. So I just want to leave you with that. I want you to think through, you know, Areas where you can um, address the things that may be weighing you down. And if you are fine and everything is good and nothing is weighing you down, then that's amazing. But then I then encourage you to, as my girl Renee in Baltimore would say, check in on your strong friend. You know, check in on that friend that is always proclaiming to be okay and fine and really make sure they're okay. And look, if that friend is yourself, that's okay too. So we're going to leave this 
show today with three takeaways. One, be mindful of the silent and slow movement of trauma and stress and despair. It's going to be silent, guys. It's not going to be anything that is in your face, readily, um, like readily ascertainable. It's not going to be something you can see immediately. It moves very slowly. Two, don't mask. Don't allow social media um, to create a guise of how you're really feeling and what's really going on with you. And three, confront yourself. You know, um, you have a responsibility to be honest with yourself first. Confront yourself first. And then to the extent that you feel comfortable, go to your loved ones and get help. Um, and when I say get help, I'm not trying to say, like, you got to go to a therapist or you have to do this or you have to do that or you got to lock yourself up in a psych ward. It doesn't have to be that. And it can be. It varies depending on what it is. But it could be as, as, it could be as much as or as little as, like, talking to a friend and just venting, right? But having some sort of outlet, some sort of space. It could be journaling. You don't have to tell a soul. You could journal that. You could tell God. You could tell Jesus, you know, Buddha, Allah, Mary, whomever you worship or the universe. You can tell them what you're going through, um, but you've got to have a space um, and you've got to equip yourself with tools to truly heal. Until next time. Yeah.